Looks, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield. Beat Dwight Ellett. And waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey. The other way. Marcus Bailey. Punctuates this upset with a pick six. It is Thursday night. It's September 22nd, 2022. Another brand new episode of the Boiler Breakdown coming at you live on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a subscribe. To all the above, I'm Tanner Lee. Back this week, my two co-hosts did a great job holding the fort down. Last week, Evan Webb, Andrew Eiler. What's going on, fellas? <laughs> that was kind of my thought as well. And then I was like, oh, man, I should go grab a beer. I don't want to talk about this game. <laughs> uh, I'm still, well, we're five days removed, and I'm still frustrated. Yeah, I thought it would be all right Like by this point. Like, if we recorded on Monday, it would have been bad. And I was like, oh, uh, I'm Thursday. And I, I listened to the listen to the Bullet Sports podcast today on my drive home, and I was like, all right, I'm pissed again. <laughs> Tanner, if you, if you had asked for Monday or Tuesday, I would have said no. Oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to do it. I didn't want to talk about Monday on one of my other podcasts. I tried to delay it as much as I could. I joined 15 minutes late. Uh, that might have been by technical difficulties. But either way, it's just, you know, we've seen heartbreak time and time again as Purdue fans, both football and basketball. But this this was a new one. This was a new kind of heartbreak. This was a one I'd never seen before, really. Purdue basically loses because of two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, that's what just makes it fresh. I mean, we're sitting here. Purdue should be at least 2-1, and one, mm-hmm. could be 3-0, and oh, and they're 1-2. and two. I think you could argue it be, should be 3-0. Oh. I mean, really, as long as we – if we just control the clock in that Penn State game, you know, ball game. Yeah, I don't know about, though, the, the back to the Penn State, the controlling the clock because Purdue can't run the ball, so they have to throw it. But I mean, like, I think it was more than tackling. They don't give up that stupid touchdown at the end of the first yeah, half. Yeah, I think more like – I mean, we are throwing vertical, though, so like you could you could yeah. do some, you know, short little, so, yeah. you know, screens from just to, like, you know, run it or pass this up the run, essentially, just to get the clock moving. But instead, we're trying to throw vertically, and that was yeah. the issue with that game. But, yeah, this game was – just a cluster, you know what? Thirty-two twenty-nine was the final. Syracuse Orange approves the three and zero. Their freaking noodle arm quarterback yeah. completes one pass in the fourth drive. The uh, oh, made a lot of the national media, which a lot of them are Syracuse grads, anyways, but mm-hmm. made a lot of national media correct on their predictions because I was ticked all week. Every college football show I was watching on YouTube or every podcast I was listening to. Everybody was picking Syracuse. I'm like, all right, guys, let's go out, make a statement, prove them wrong. Because we were the underdog by point and a half going into the game and outplayed them and have nothing to show for it. Yeah, the uh, when we went into halftime, what, up 9? 9-6. 9-6. I thought it was 9-3. 9-3. Um, oh, was it? I thought 9-6. Yeah, six. we were up 6. I was, like, I was like, 
man, we dominated that first half. We were only up six. So it's kind of it's like, man, it's like it's crazy. They could, you know, we've dominated this game. And if they score a touchdown and an extra point, they're winning which this they, game. When, which they did. Should, which they did. Yep. Which is just like, that's what just, especially with the fact that, you know, coming to the year, we were pretty confident with the offense. Um, and like just the fact that we've had a couple of games, you know, really Penn State in this game where we kind of struggled early with the offense and not really put up the points we were hoping to do and just allowed kind of, I mean, we saw a lot with basketballs. If you, you know, even if you're the better team or you play better, if you don't put them away early and you kind of let them hang around, like weird things happen. And we've seen that happen with the Penn State game and this game. I, I know I'm sure we'll talk about the refs because that was a big part of it. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of that was a lot of that was self-inflicted too. I mean, yeah. but but still, like you said, they kept a minute so that some of those calls that did not go Purdue's way impacted the game when they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. So I was busy Saturday moving. So I the only consistent portion I got to watch the game was like the last ten minutes of the fourth quarter. Other than that, it was bits and pieces, and it was a lot on the radio. To be honest. I didn't see it, but from the radio call and everybody's reaction on Twitter, it must have been horrific. How bad was Jack Sullivan's late hit out of bounds? It was horrible. It was dumb. Oh, my. It was so – let's see. I think Brown got hurt on that play almost because of Sullivan, I think. Yeah. I I don't know if he came back in or not. I don't remember if he – I think he played after, but he he pulled up. Yeah. Someone else pulled up. Yeah. And then Sullivan comes flying in and hits him. Yeah, it was like – it was – yeah, no question. third down, wasn't it? Yeah. It was third and like ten, yeah. Yeah, it was third and ten. It would have been like fourth and six, probably at yeah. best for them. Like you, you could tell, like even just like before the play even ended, like he the quarterback had given up and he was running out. So I was like, I was already like celebrating, like all right, nice stop. And then he comes in. I was just like, I said a lot of horrible words <laughs> towards Jack. And I was holding yeah. on, and it was I was just like that was so dumb. Well, like, fifth year senior too, like he can't yeah. have that. Uh, and I just, I wonder like with stuff like that in. You know the the pain Durham, which I think was the softest penalty, you know, as far as iconic penalty I've seen in a long time. I think plays I don't know if plays like that were just like a culmination of just frustration because I mean Syracuse was chirping the entire game, baiting Purdue right into it. Yeah, and I don't know if that was just like a you know, but again, like fifth year senior, you got to have a you know, you got to have you know a good head on your shoulders. But because then they scored after that, and it was well, actually, we almost got a pick. I think we did get a pick in the end zone. OC brothers. They, yeah. And then, and then they, we, we had a penalty that negated it, uh, which is kind of the storyline of the game was pretty forced the turnover. And it's either a penalty or it gets reversed. Well, I'm not sure how a call gets reversed. Like when a quarterback somehow throws the ball from his armpit. Um, For what, like a four minute review to. Yeah. Well, O'Connell, <laughs> yeah. O'Connell's was called intentional grounding, which then it should have been intentional grounding. Right. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't even his. It was, um, it was. At oh, you're right. Day. It was, um, it was a trick play. It was Rice. Uh, I could probably Sheffield. Was it Sheffield? Maybe Sheffield. Yeah, I don't remember. Which it's is crazy. crazy. It was like, yeah, that's right. I don't know. But then it was yeah. just like they're gonna yeah. do the, the trickery. They gotta have Paul Perferi back there. Throwing. Right. Yeah. But it was just like that. That Sullivan's play. As soon as it happened, I was like, "Gosh, dang it!" Like that's the kind of stuff that I get you because then they score, and then I th- yeah. believe, and then we throw the pick six. The pick six. It. I was like, I went outside and mowing the yard after the pick six. I think I was like <laughs> out the door and I like heard it. I'm like, yeah. yep, thank gosh, I'm going outside. Yep. Yeah. When the pick six happened, I stood up and said, that's ball game. But then Charlie Jones, Chuck Sizzle, uh, Aiden finds him for a long one. And then mm-hmm. defense does their job. We get the ball back, go down. 
set up Mitchell Finneran for a 41-yard attempt to tie. Then he misses. Then I said, okay, now it really is ball yeah. game. Well, yeah. I know the defense did their job three and out, used timeouts. Aiden let a beautiful drive, hits Payne Durham with 51 seconds left for the go-ahead touchdown. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to steal yeah. one. We didn't really – Right. Deserve. And then Payne gets hit with a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the extra point for jawing, which he got pushed first. I don't know what he said, but they both were just jawing. And then – And Payne was, like, starting to retreat. That was the thing. It was just yep. like – I just – I don't know. I mean, the fact that – It's always it's always the one who, retali- who yep. retaliates yeah. is the one. But just, like, the fact that, you know, the Syracuse guys were doing it all game and there was no, like – if they had just done like, hey, warning, like, you know, knock it off sort of thing, then I could understand, which I don't I mean, they never said they did, but I mean, who knows they would have, but it's just like, had they done that, like, okay, that's something. But just the fact that, yeah, those guys were jawing and the then, entire game. And then the coach, did we ever know what coach got the other one that right I there? Think it was two. I think it was Brom. Yeah. For what was it just for being on the field, basically? I don't. So the way he described, I think from his press conference, he basically said like he was trying to, he was waving an official, I think the head official to come talk and explain it to him. There was no play going on, so it was like in between, you know, what the extra point and the kickoff, and supposedly another official probably saw Brom, you know, you know, however many yards he was on the field, throw a flag because he when he was like in reality, he was just trying to get an explanation, and it was just like. But really, to... in the moment, he probably went running out there pretty aggressively. I mean, yeah, I mean, even when the camera showed him, I didn't think he okay. like he didn't look all that mad. I mean, it was just like kind of like before I think before the flag. I think I don't really know, but. Like Brown was talking efficiently. He didn't look like he was, I think he was like, almost like, you know, what did he say sort of thing just to get an explanation? He didn't look like he was trying to, you know, bite the guy's head off. But And it was an official, like, way in the end zone, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like he wasn't even there. It wasn't even the like, one that was close to him. Yeah. And that's just what boggles. That's just what drives me nuts is the fact that, you know, in a close game like this, you know, officials just assert inserting themselves into the game. Well, and why didn't and the I, other the other official that was talking to Brown turn around and be like, no? Like, yeah, like, he, like yeah, it's just, it's, it just drives up, me yeah. nuts. Is like, I mean, I get, you know, the pain I can understand, like that kind of stuff. Like, you know, there's guys, but it's just like when it's just, you're going to make that call in that instance where now the team is kicking off from their 10 yard line or whatever it was. Like, it just, it just, it just makes me so mad when officials, you know, are just so, you know, I don't know, liberal with how they make their calls. Just like, it's like, like, it's like nothing. It's like, you haven't called that like all game sort of thing. It's just like, you're going to call it now. That's just what drives me nuts. Is just the, we see it in basketball all the time of games being officiated differently, half to half and on different ends of the floor. It's just, that's what was driving me nuts was just the fact that it's like, and then and what also this goes to a bigger discussion of, you know, post game seeing people, you know, there was like two groups of people in the fan base. It was like, Purdue blew that, you know, hey, we had our chances. You can't blame officials. You know, Purdue blew their chances. And they like people saying, like, no, we got screwed by the officials. You know, the game was Which stopped. is both. It's both. It yeah, both. Like, but it's like it's, it's people act like it can't. Like, it's one or the other. It's, it's, it's either it's a, you know, um, I'm blanking on the term. But, like, it's either one or the other when in reality it's a little bit of both. I mean, yes, Purdue absolutely beat themselves and, you know, shouldn't have been in a position to let the officials affect the game that way. But also at the same time, you keep, I mean, you can't argue that, you know, Purdue did what they needed to do to win. And, you know, then all of a sudden all these calls go against them in a crucial point of the game that eventually kind of cost them. And then going back to some of the pass interference calls, you know, the pass interference call would, I think, on Trice when at the same time we had two off- two defensive linemen being tackled to the ground in front of an official and no call whatsoever that would have at least negated and at least, like, yep. redo the down at that point. Like, 
that stuff is and the whole I mean in the first half. That was on that was on third down too. I think I think that was mm-hmm. on third and ten, yeah. Something Which like that, obviously then. obviously they would have gone for it, but still like, right. yeah, probably would have been a pass appearance the next play anyway. But, yeah. yeah, and they were in the first uh um Reese Taylor pick that was called back on a on a uh pass interference call when the ball was horribly underthrown that you know, our defender was, was playing the receiver, and it's like, I mean, I think it's just the, that kind of call. I think it's just so BS for how they can call that when. Or the, the in the last pass interference that set up over his head, it's three yards out of bounds, and like they did, that was the the latest flag. It was which that I will say. I think after. he couldn't get out of his bounds. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can tell he was trying to pull yeah. it out. Yeah, but and also, it and, sure and, looked and, bad because the receiver yeah. all of a sudden like grabbed your shoulder, hurt, and he's like, okay, now I'm gonna throw it. That's right. what it yeah. looked like. And and Bullet Sports pointed out, Bullet now did on his post game and in their most recent one. But like the play before that, I think was when they caught it on the sideline, yeah. And the official points to the ground, like, oh yeah, he caught it. Oh yeah, replay. It's like his foot was half out of bounds. Like, what do you mean? Like, what are you it pointing was the to? Most, like, like standard, like heel in, heel like yeah. on the line out of bounds. It's like, like right I think it was just down. the whole thing. Like, oh, we have replay, so I'm just gonna call it in, just so like there's gonna be the completion it, until proven wrong. But it's like it was. Like as soon as like the replay came, I was like, "What the hell was he looking?" At? And but I still can't believe Purdue got that call. I was Me waiting either. for him to call oh, yeah. in balance. Oh, yeah. It's like oh, his toe hit first. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm. I was. It was very clearly. I, I didn't know the, the rule. I guess obviously. I don't know if like, ESPN is just pissy that yeah. the Big Ten didn't take their meeting, but those. Those. I mean, Tanner, you're lucky you didn't watch the game because man, that that broadcast was. Not only was the. I mean, it's the same for a lot of ESPN broadcasts, but the announcers were horrible. But the camera angle was. God awful. <laughs> like I've seen better angles at a high school football game. <laughs> yeah, it was a frustrating one, that's for sure. Um have to wait for a year to get revenge on them when they come to Ross State next year, but which speaking of that next year's schedule is tough. Yeah, it's a good home schedule that's from a, a schedule. from a attendance standpoint. But yeah. Doesn't it the Purdue ends like three or four games in a row on the road or something, is that right? We'll play for next year's schedule. I thought I saw it was like at we'll, at Iowa, at Nebraska, or something. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't in order. Yeah, yeah. So I think one of you sent it. Yeah, we will play at Iowa. Um, I think we should get Nebraska at home because we play at Nebraska this year. Or am I am I getting that wrong? I, I don't remember who it was. I, don't I thought when you when you posted one of you guys sent it, it was. Oh, because so it, it's yeah. The tweet says it must not be in order. No, no. It ends with at Iowa, at Northwestern, at Nebraska, at Michigan. Obviously, that's not in order. I think it's just saying game. what, yeah, what their home yeah, and away okay. games are. Yeah, I don't Which, understand what the what, how this order was. I read that. And I'm like, oh my god! In the it, four weeks in a row on the road, like what the hell? It's crazy to think that'll be Purdue's first trip to Ann Arbor since 2011. It's wild. It was, my, it was my freshman year of college. I know. I know. It's just it, that's the one team we just hardly ever play. We were supposed to play them in 2020. Yeah, of course, and we play them the same year we play Ohio State. So I guess yeah. you know, I get a taste of what it's like. To Which be you beat. pointed out the last time Purdue played, didn't they? Was that 12 when they beat both? No, when did they? With 12 prior, they beat both Purdue. Uh, Purdue beat Ohio State and Michigan. When, that was 09. 09. Yeah. 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 Didn't even oh, make a bowl. Went 5 and nope. 7. 12, we should have beat Ohio State. Yeah. We didn't. Well, that wasn't. We beat. No, that was 09. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we went up at the Yeah. Playoffs. It was 12 prior. Yeah. I remember that. Yep. Yep. So. Well, that, well, say I remember Michigan team. Was that shoot? Was that uh? That was, that was uh Brady Hoke. Yeah. No nine, but uh, oh god, well, um, I think Michigan. that's when they had a that that's when they had like two quarterbacks. That was before Denard Robinson came in. That's what I was thinking, Denard Robinson. I think that's when they had like 
Oh gosh, I can't. I can. I can That's picture fine. him in my mind, but yeah. Our good friend Adam Bartels, he correct us. The only games that are set for next year are the first three games, which is September second, home against Fresno State, September ninth at Virginia Tech. That'll be sweet, and then uh, September sixteenth, home against the Orange. Tate Forcia, Adam Bartel just just texts us Tate Forcia. Yeah. That's it. I remember he was the first quarterback I can remember that would smack his hands. Oh, and yeah. he was so annoying. He would always yeah. smack his hands. Now a lot of quarterbacks would do it. But yeah, I'm like, stop. stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be a fun matchup next year. But, uh, yeah, so Purdue's, like we said, one and two after three weeks. Pretty disappointing start, but season's not lost yet. Nobody wants to win the West, it looks like. Maybe Minnesota. But I think I think they'll go down this weekend, that Sparty. But we'll see. So. What was uh? I mean, as much as I don't really don't want to talk about the game anymore. What was some of the get rid of the negative? What was some of the positives you guys saw? Payne Durham, absolutely. Uh, what about party? The, also, Purdue uh, the what was the Syracuse talking up Tucker the Heisman dark horse yeah. with what eighteen carries forty yards or something? Yeah, it's like Kenneth Walker last year when he came into Ross State and we shut him down yep. for Kenneth Walker stats, anyways. But. Yeah. That was, that was that's what worried me. So I was like, man, if we like, so we were stopping them at first, and I was like, I just hope that we can. I was just because like they now just kept saying, all it takes is all it takes is one bust. I was like, please do not. I was just envisioning like a fourth quarter, produce up four, and then like a bust a seventy-five yarder for a touchdown, but it never happened. I mean, they kept getting told what was frustrating. I think is when we missed really missed Jalen Graham was just how much uh, Noodle Arm was able to. I thought you said you wanted to be positive here. I know. I know. Two minutes ago, you're like, let's say some positive. But no, it was really frustrating. Yeah, I thought Payne Durham. I thought, I mean, Aiden O'Connell's just a stud. I mean, he's got to be in the NFL next year. I mean, somebody's got to take a chance on a 24-year-old quarterback. I mean, Mm -hmm. Brandon Whedon was like 100 when when the Browns took took a chance on him. Um, I mean, I loved how Aiden, even though Purdue ended up losing, he had his break up a fix-up moment. Yep. Um, he just, I think at times he relies and looks too much to Charlie Jones. As he did with David Bell. As he did. And well, not so much Rondell because he didn't really play with Rondell yeah, too much. But, um, and then Charlie Jones, what, I mean, what can you say about the guy that hasn't already been said through three weeks? He's, I was really worried he got, man. he was seriously hurt because I mean, he, I don't know what, I don't know if they ever said what it was. I don't know if he just came down on the ball and just like hurt his ribs because he, it was bothering him for a long time. But you texted, yeah. did you say he went into the locker room? He went to the locker room, yeah. Yeah, I was like right in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, and then he had that long pass. So I was like, thank God, because we needed something at that point. But I mean, he's—I I don't understand what Brian Kirk Ferentz saw in him or didn't see in him. Which I didn't realize that he played the Buffalo before yeah. Yeah. Iowa. I didn't really because I was—I I saw he was like tagged on the screen or something. So. Facebook or his Instagram profile, I was kind of seeing. I f- forgot he was at Buffalo, and also it was hilarious because he didn't post a whole lot, but he did make a post about coming back to Iowa for his last year, and <laughs> that was the last thing about Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll but, keep him coming. We'll take him. We'll take absolutely. him. Absolutely. I mean, it was nice to see Tyron Tracy get involved yep. more in the offense and kind of the run game, which is what we needed. Yeah, um, we just can't run the ball. Yeah. Um, I mean, was, he did throw. I mean, AOC did throw it around a little bit. We we did get some other guys involved. I don't. Something like Rice, he's just – I don't know. I think he and AOC are just not in sync. I'm not sure what it is, but it's a little frustrating. I don't think, I don't think Rice has practiced much for like four years yeah. just because he's never healthy. 
Right. I know I'm rooting for that kid so hard because I like yeah. what he does when he plays. But he, mm-hmm. and then I think uh, Burks, he, he's showing flashes. Yeah. But Purdue needs somebody to step up as a, as a number two wide receiver because unfortunately I just don't think Brock Thompson's going to be healthy enough. Mm-hmm. I thought that the defensive backs played pretty well. I mean, all things considered, I mean. I think the last play, you can't really – I mean, I don't understand the, the play call in the last play for us where we didn't have – you know, typically we say we don't want to, you know, play prevent defense because all this prevents you from winning. But I think that's the one time when having a deep safety might actually have helped us there because we kind of just left, you know, not our best corner on the island. Yeah. 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 But um, I thought – I mean, I thought the guys played pretty decently. I thought Trice played well. Um didn't get the rush that we thought, but it's kind of been the story of the year so far. Yeah, kind of lacking pass rush and lacking a rushing offense. So, mm-hmm. um, is Kendo Rua go Saturday, or do we know yet? I have not. Checked. I don't. I haven't. I haven't heard anything about him practicing or not. I know Thompson. They said unlikely, probably, but I think at this point, I don't know what the spread is or what. I don't know anything about Florida Atlantic, but. I'd almost say like sit spreads him. twenty as of yesterday. <clears throat> it's gone up. Okay, it was like sixteen, eighteen. I'd almost say like sit Rice even like sit Doru. Let him get healthy and come come back in October and yeah, which is maybe, only yeah. two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at um uh, multiple game time decisions on injured players like King Daru and Brock Thompson. That was from the Thursday practice notes on golden black. So, but I mean, uh, is it Maccabi? Is that my pronouncing his name, right? The walk on Maccabi. He's been a nice little kind of, I mean, needs something mm-hmm. and kind of like a, almost that Xander Horvath role, which he's kind of been already compared to already. Um, but if we've ever seen, I think he's a little different player. I think he's a little yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He still needs to work on his burst a little bit. But, uh, yeah, Florida Atlantic coming into town tomorrow night. Or, t- geez, tomorrow night. Saturday night for homecoming. Purdue's 100th homecoming. First ever night game for a homecoming game. Um, interesting that's not a Big Ten opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems early. Yeah, it does seem early. But when you only have one game in October, one home <laughs> game, I guess you just get out of the way. Um, Big Ten Network wearing some cool um, helmets. Some Purdue Pete inspired helmets. Purdue Pete, the old Purdue Pete logo on one side, numbers on the other. Black jerseys. I'm not sure what pants. I couldn't tell from the the Twitter video today. Could not tell what pants. <laughs> Either black or gold. We know that much. <laughs> probably black. They'll probably go black on black for third straight yeah. home game. Um, Florida Lynx coached by Willie Taggart, who's kind of been all over the place. Mm-hmm. I've had some. Huh. Success early on in his career, but then he's been at uh, Florida State and Oregon, where he didn't do so hot at either stop, and so now he's back at a lower level college. They're two and two. Uh, they got shellacked by UCF forty to fourteen last weekend. And they lost by three points earlier this year to Ohio. They're a run first and run second offense. <laughs> so, yeah. Has the, did I read that their quarterbacks their quarterbacks thrown for like almost as many yards yeah. as AOC, he's got, which is he's got nine hundred and eighty seven yards. I don't know what you're talking about, Tanner. <laughs> O'Connell's only got a thousand. Well that tells you how much I look at the stats and I was reading a scouting <laughs> report and it said they run first, run second. 
I'm yeah, not going back uh, to that website ever again. I was gonna say O'Connell. You think O'Connell throws the ball a lot? I mean, this I don't know. And Perry, I don't know. He's thrown 123 times. O'Connell's 134. Times. Maybe they want to be around first run, second, but when they're down 100, they have to throw. Yeah, I don't that's know. True. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, but but yeah, it'll be an interesting matchup. Ross Aid, I think a good crowd's expected to be in attendance. So uh, I'm always worried. Like I mean, I was worried after the Penn State game how the crowd at Indiana State would be, just because it's tough loss. But then also you've got you know, an FCS opponent coming in and they I mean, go out. So but I'm hoping this is a really tough loss. And, you know, I mean, the fact that it's homecoming should definitely bring in some people. Mm. Um, so hopefully it's a good crowd. It's, right. it's people just like night games. So, right. I do have a correction here. Um, four Atlantic has played four games to produce three. Yes. Uh, okay. They beat Charlotte and I don't remember the other team. They beat uh, Southeast Louisiana. There you go. Powerhouse. Uh-huh. Uh, Adam Bartel says we're in gold pants. Oh, good, good. I'm disappointed with black pants. Uh, so, so switch it up a little bit. Nah. <laughs> I, space uniforms. I, I just I like the the new alternate alternate helmet for for one week. Too. So. Some people don't. Uh, I know. So I I wasn't so sure at first, but now the more I see it, I like it. Yeah, so. I mean it's it's a one off. Like yep. Who cares? Right. Just just get the win and do it in dominating fashion. Don't let yeah. don't leave any doubt. Get your confidence back because if you get the win, you're two and two, and then you got kind of your arch nemesis coming up uh, next week a noon game up up in up in Minneapolis. Which if you want to win the West, you have to have that one. So yeah, it stinks that Purdue's coming out of these first three games one and two, but really they haven't hurt themselves. They haven't lost anybody in the West. Still, the the stupid penalties theoretically are easily fixed. I mean, those last two in the game's a little different there. With if Durham walks away, yes, that's easier said than done. And then also, no penalty on a coach. Then Purdue probably beat Syracuse, and it's totally different yeah. right now. Because like, I don't think Syracuse goes eighty yards. No, they had all. Now with another, now with another couple pass interference calls. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm not. After these, you know, going one and two, I'm really still not worried yet. Um, just because this stuff is so fixable, and not that it was like, you know, AOC just can't complete a pass or he's throwing, you know, fifty percent completion rate the entire the first three games, and that'd be a little worried. Or the or the defense got shredded by serious yeah, or something, yeah, and they something really like didn't. That. No, I mean, part, I mean 20, 32 points with. A pick six and then the seven at the end with a bust and yeah. penalty eight with the only one that scored when they went twenty five yards. I mean this is what uh, this is what like a Jeff what a Jeff Brom offense should want out of a defense, just get enough stops on defense to where like you give the offense a chance to go score points and just kind of what we saw last year too, especially early in the year where the offense just isn't repaying the defense. I mean, defense gave up three points in the first half. Like we should have been up twenty one to three, probably. In all, I mean, because we had that fumble that we would have gotten probably at least three points that was called back. And then um, they went went for it on fourth and three. Which I didn't have a problem fourth. with. Um, just in like you do or don't. I didn't have no. a problem with it at all. I like the aggression. I think it kind of I think it tone. Um, I mean, I get the whole like take the points you're on the road thing. Which well, means- so what my brother and I were talking about was he thinks that we rushed up there to get it, so they didn't have time to review it or have Syracuse challenge it. And then I know Brom even said he thought it was like fourth and a long one and it ended up being fourth and three. I wasn't paying that much attention. I know a lot of people also complaining about the refs said that Purdue got hosed on some spots as well. 
Yeah. I don't know if that was one or not. I didn't. I wasn't paying that close attention. I guess to see. I didn't. I had maybe a couple times. I was like, that's a bad spot. But I don't yeah. Know. But I mean, I think we're really close. And that's I like, do too. That, that's that's why it's just like I'm not worried yet. Now if we, you know, struggle on Saturday, then I'll change my tune a little bit. But like I'm, I mean, yes, these you know, these two losses suck. They were there. Obviously, it makes it very tough to get Tanner's prediction of ten wins now because we have to win out mm-hmm. at this point. Um, but I mean, or just win the West—that's fine. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's things like if we want to get to Indy, you know, we have to we have to take care of really. I mean, take care of the teams that are supposed to be, but then also, you know, hopefully, probably at least split at least Minnesota and Wisconsin. Hope they trip up somewhere playing in East, uh, one of the East Division teams because they're probably going to lose to a West Division team because the West absolutely sucks this year. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm not too right. I think we can, I mean, the offense is doing pretty well. We just got to sure up some things and just like, I mean, the penalties are, you know, you hope you can get those, you know, kind of knocked out. Cause this is, I mean, we're a team that was, you know, average like four or five penalties, uh, a game last year versus now we're getting like eight or nine. Friend of the podcast, Thad Mooney on Facebook says, run the table to 10 and two. I'm down with it. I'm down I like with it. the optimism. <laughs> yeah, no, I still think we're a good football team. I think we're very yeah. close. That's what makes it really frustrating. Yeah, um, I know. It makes it more frustrating. Is the I, fact that just like these two games were like, I mean, it's always be like, oh, this one play happened, which I mean, it's obviously the games played different, had a different you know outcome happen for a certain play, but it's like just like one or two things, like at least two losses and it's probably a different outcome, which is yeah. makes it even more frustrating. It's not like now if we got like just blown out, like, okay, you know, okay, we need to readjust our, or reevaluate our expectations, but it's just, yeah, we just beat ourselves, which is kind of, we saw a lot in basketball seasons. Like a lot of those games, it was like, we had the chance to pull away and we didn't. And again, when you, when you don't pull away and especially on the road, you're, you, you know, just a semi-competent team, they're going to make you pay for it. And that's what Penn state did. And that's what Syracuse did. Yep. Well said. Seriously, well said. <laughs> uh, you want to pick some games? Let's do it. Uh, before we do that, let's give a shout out to one of our sponsors, a sponsor that's been with us a uh, couple years now. That's Mad Mushroom Pizza. Let me bring up their beautiful logo here. And let me bring up their pizza of the month in September, which is Josh's Tasty Meatballs. Josh's Tasty Meatballs is their traditional pizza sauce topped with meatballs, onions, banana peppers, mozzarella cheese, and finished with a hot sauce drizzle. Of course, it's served with a side of ranch. That's starting only at $14. So you can get yourself two of those, or you can get yourself one of those and their amazing famous cheese sticks, which Mad Mushroom is the home of the original cheese stick. You can get those. You'd be over $20. You can uh, tell them if you're in person that Boiler Breakdown sent, sent you. Or if you're ordering online, you can use discount code BREAK5. That's all capitals, B-R-E-A-K-5, to claim your discount, which is $5 off any order over $20. Like I said, Mad Mushroom has been serving Boilermakers since 1993. They're located in the heart of West Lafayette, and they're known as the home of the original cheese stick. So go in there, have a nice ice-cold beer before the game, after the game Saturday. Go multiple times. Don't care what you do. When you go, have some of uh, Josh's tasty meatballs. Tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you and get $5 off any order over $20. That's online at madmush.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. Mad Mush had a tweet during the game. 
I was going to find it. It cracked me up. It was something along the lines of I'm trying to find it, but it may take me a minute of like someone get this game some cheese sticks because it's drunk. <laughs> well said. It was a uh, wild game. It was a game I definitely thought we'd see fireworks, and we saw fireworks, but it wasn't really a high scoring fireworks. It was just wh- wacky quarter. stuff. Yeah, wacky yeah. stuff happening at the end of the game. I can confirm. The tweet was, we need to get this game some cheese sticks because this game is drunk, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I laughed a lot. Uh, right now, there is a Big Ten game in progress right now. Oh, Illinois Fighting Illini is defeating Chattanooga 6-0 to with 12-13 left in the first, and Illinois got it first and goal at the eight-yard line. I believe this is a rematch of the first round of the NCAA tournament from last year. Yes, Chattanooga should have had them. Should have had them. Should have. Should have, would have, could have. Got some action going on against the Big Ten this weekend. The Central Michigan Chippewas head into Happy Valley to face the number 14-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. The Lions are a 28-point favorite. I think they kind of uh, continue their dominance from last week, which I'm kind of now eating crow. It's still early, but I, after the first game, I was like, this Penn State team's not very good, and they made me look really stupid on Saturday because they first Big Ten team to go into – whatever Auburn Jordan hair and just absolutely slaughtered them, which a lot of people say it's the loudest stadium in the country. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they smacked them around. I mean, Auburn's coach is probably on the hottest of hot seats around the mm-hmm. nation. So. Yeah, I agree. I think they covered a 28 point spread. What say you, Andrew? Yeah, I think they went pretty handily and covered that. Got some other, uh, we got some big 10 matchups this week, which is nice to see Maryland at number four, Michigan, Michigan's a 17-point favorite at the Big House. It's what Michigan's first like legit opponent that they've played so far this season because yeah, they're they're, they're not conference Hawaii, UConn, and somebody else not good at all. Uh, I think Michigan Colorado would. State, Colorado State, who's doing horrendous. The whole state of Colorado, Air Force is the best team year in year out. That state, including the Broncos. <laughs> well deserved shot there. <laughs> Yeah, I, football just wasn't fun for me last week. Even, I mean, oh, well. Yeah. Did you guys win on Sunday? I can't remember. Did you guys? Did you yeah, guys thank God they're playing the Texans. <laughs> they wouldn't beat anybody else. Oh my God, four delay game penalties in two in, in, in two games. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think Michigan rolls. I think they got a really good offense. Yeah, at home. Yeah, I think they win right now. Sure. The 3-0 Indiana Hoosiers. Um, hate Should saying that. Two. Easily could be 1-2. and two. They find themselves 3-0. They travel to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. They face the Cincinnati Bearcats, who are 2-1. and one. Bearcats are 7. I got 16. I, I got 17. Well, either way. 16 and a half. 17. Yeah. yeah. I'm taking the Bearcats by 20. I hope it's more than that, but yeah. I do too. I have a feeling Indiana covers. I think they're confident, but I still think it's a good team. Is this where the the start of IU is three and zero in September, God, but so. they end the end the year three and nine? Well, last year, if you remember when they played Cincinnati, they had like a fourteen point lead. McFadden got called for a helmet to helmet and got kicked out, and their season was never the same after that point. And you look at their schedule; they have their next game after that is at Nebraska, which. I mean, it depends which Nebraska team shows. Is it the, the team that got up 7-0 on Oklahoma or is it the team that proceeded to get beat by 500 points uh, against Oklahoma? 
It's like, hey, we we led that game for about two minutes and twenty two seconds. Let's be honest. There's no version of Nebraska football this year that's been good. So no. Yeah, then they have a tough schedule. I mean, they have Maryland at home. They're at Rutgers. Uh, but yeah, they've got really one, three to four potentially winnable games if you include the Purdue game. That's probably more of a toss up. But yeah, I hope they. Just I hope it's not a toss up. I hope we get to that point. <laughs> Produce two touchdown favorites. Minnesota undefeated, winning the West three zero, but they haven't really played the greatest competition. They travel to East Lansing to face a Spartan team that's two and one, and coming off a loss out in Washington against the Washington Huskies. Minnesota's a three point favorite on the road. I would say Washington was really fun to watch. Yeah, the board runs Pen- good offense. Yeah, Penix he uh, he was tearing it he up. He was up slinging there. it. He was slinging it, which is like thank God he transferred. <laughs> Um, I like Sparty in this one. I think I'm going Minnesota. I like no, no. Minnesota. I think Minnesota's better, but Michigan State I'm, needs this one. I think I'm picking Minnesota just so the, the West can get some respect because <laughs> everybody hates the West, which I don't blame them. And there was that graphic. I was like, everybody in the East is undefeated except Michigan State. I was like, all right, let's uh, let's let's t- let's uh, knock these guys down. Northwestern's winning the West right now. One and zero because they beat Nebraska. <laughs> it can't be Southern Illinois, but they can beat Nebraska. God. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm picking Minnesota. I buy three. I think it's gonna be a really good game. It should be a close one. Iowa and their electric offense, <laughs> two and one, heading out to East uh, Piscataway to face the three and zero Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Iowa's an eight point favorite. How? Do they score what? eight points? Yeah, I was going to say, who did they, they play last week? Safety? <laughs> eight to nothing? Last week they played somebody, and it was like a eight-hour game because of lightning delay. They finished mm-hmm. like a two in the yeah. morning. I was watching that. Like, I, was, I was thinking a notification. I was like, oh, the game's resumed. I was like, this game started during the Purdue game. <laughs> <laughs> um, Iowa, Iowa averaging a cool 13 points a game. They must, they must have scored like 40 last week to get up Sp- to 13. Spencer Petrus is horrific. He is awful. They're allergic to the offense, but I think uh, I I think Iowa gets it done though. I I don't know anything about Rutgers. Um, their quarterback twenty seven of forty for two hundred sixty six yards and two touchdowns. So he's only games. thrown the ball forty times in three in games? three games. Yep. And I hope they had. Is he a backup? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna pick yeah, Iowa just because I don't. I don't really well, know. Iowa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, Rutgers beat Temple sixteen to fourteen last week, so yeah, I don't know if their true. offense yeah. is super. Uh... And they were down for a majority of the game too. Yeah, yeah, I'll take Iowa. I'm saying they don't cover though. It's like a ten to seven game, right? In the yeah. wheelhouse, eight eight's a lot. Yeah, they I got a great that. defense. It's just their offense <clears throat> garbage. The defense they're gonna have a defensive touchdown. Again. Where's that graphic that shows Charlie Jones' production versus the entire Iowa offense production? I'd like to see that graphic. Yep. Well, I, mean, I can tell you right now, I only have like <laughs> 400 yards of total offense this year. This next game is going to be watched by the whole country at 7.30 at night on Big Ten Network. Two great academic institutions. Football, not so much. One and two, Miami, Ohio at one and two, Northwestern. Northwestern is a seven and a half point favorite. You got me on that one because I was like, oh, yeah, he is talking about the Wisconsin-State game. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and he said great academic. I was like, 
Are they like? I mean, I know Wisconsin's good. Ohio State's pretty good. I was like, are they that good? But then, okay. Uh, ben, ben Roethlisberger's not coming through those doors <laughs> for Miami, Ohio. No, but who's coming through the door for Northwestern? Because right now they're not looking good. You know, and I know Fitzgerald's. You know, they're they're God. He's played there. He's done things. And nobody's well. They've got the Rose Bowls. Never mind. But he's got the Big Ten championship game. He's done really well. But if they lose this game. You go one and three, lose to Southern Illinois, Miami, Ohio, Duke. It's, it's got to be getting a little hot, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, and Northwestern is just such an interesting – because, like, it's something like basketball. It's like you have Collins. It's like you got to let him go, but he's also done the one thing that no other coach has ever done in your history of your program, which is get you to the NCAA tournament. And kind of same with football. It's like Fitzgerald just like – I like Fitzgerald. Um Aside from his, you know, old man, you know, the clouds takes it to certain things. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what you do. They're in a tough spot. But I think, I think they cover. I think they get they this better. one done. I think they get this one done. I mean, Southern Illinois is awful. I mean, what didn't they lose like Incarnate Word and, and somebody else, and then they go into Northwestern? That's got to be one of the worst losses in Big Ten history. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, they lost sixty-four twenty to Incarnate Word. They lost sixty-four to twenty. <laughs> Twenty-nine. <laughs> it's either way. Oh my god. Lost thirty-four to thirty-one to Southeast Missouri State. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Pat. He should be in the hot seat now. Fad Mooney on Facebook says firing Fitz would be like Nebraska firing a coach who wins nine to ten games on average. It doesn't work out down the line. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, I think Fitz is definitely a guy who can turn it around. He's proved he can turn it around. But Tanner, as you, you and your our friend Josh said on your other podcast, is Northwest is going to be in a tough spot with this whole NIL thing, um, which is kind of surprising me because they've got like we got at, like, a lot of money. Yeah, why like, are they? Why? Why are they in a tough spot? I mean, in Chicago, I think there's. I know nobody. Because uh, like they just don't have the funding. I just don't think you've got people <clears> funneling <throat> money like you have to a Nebraska or you have like at a obviously Ohio State, which is even um, Illinois, right in their own even state. Illinois, yeah, like which is crazy because Northwestern has so many like if you like really if you look it up like high profile. They just um, don't care about the football. Yeah, or, or they just don't care. And they are like, Chicago's Big Ten team as yeah. they market themselves. <laughs> I, mean, I think you, I mean, you've got. I mean, I think. Uh, like well, Mike Greenberg's from there. I think uh, um, uh, one of the late night hosts. Um, Michael Wilbon's from Northwestern. Yeah. Um, what's some of the late night talk show hosts on? He, uh, he does the late show. Uh, Type in Northwestern alumni, somebody. Yeah, there's a ton. Yeah. See what we got. No, I'm completely blank on his name, but they've got a ton of like high profile names. I think would just, like, if you needed to, they would just shovel money towards them. But, uh, they don't, but they, they made, they made towards the academic side, which is kind of, when you see, like we kind of have the same complaint about Purdue. You've got a lot of, you know, we don't have the, the rabid athletic fan base as some of these other people. We have, you know, plenty of, you know, rich alumni, but donating to the school as they probably should, but selfishly. I Quit think. donating to engineering. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Andrew, what are you picking in this game? Please I think I think Northwestern. <laughs> I have to I have to think the Big Ten team is gonna figure it out. Uh, yeah, we'll see. 
They've got two and one Wisconsin traveling to three and zero number three in the country. Ohio State is an eighteen and a half point yeah, favorite. I, I think Ohio State lulls. I think they cover that. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have guessed that Nebraska or Wisconsin was gonna have two losses through four weeks? Yeah. Not complaining about though. No, not at all. It's not gonna matter. I mean, <laughs> still haven't played a West team. They still could go six and zero in the West or whatever. Five and zero. They could. They could. Before we do some top 25 games, let's go uh, pick our uh, one of our least favorite teams here, the one and two Notre Dame Fighting Irish travel on the road to face 3-0 North Carolina. North Carolina is a two-point favorite in this one. It's probably only a two-point favorite just because Notre Dame has not looked good. Carolina puts up a lot of uh, points, but their defense can't stop a nosebleed. So. Did uh, did you see the video of was it Tommy Reese, our quarterback coach? Yeah. Just absolutely offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, yeah. lighting him. Do up. your effing job. <laughs> that was Josh McDaniels for a second. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Notre, Notre Dame didn't look good against Cal either. No, I think I think North Carolina. I think they win. Before the season, I had Notre Dame going eight and four. North Carolina was one of the losses I had them losing. So I'm going to stick to my guns there. I think they win by double digits. Think North Carolina wins by double digits. Mm -hmm. So you're saying hammer the UNC minus one and a half? I'm not saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) Number seventeen. Go ahead. No, I I I don't think they win by double digits. I think they win by a touchdown. Yeah. Number seven, number seventeen, Baylor, two and one travels a three and zero Iowa State. Iowa State's a two and a half point favorite. Is Matt Campbell going to get a job somewhere? Well, Nebraska, Nebraska, Nebraska. There, they probably has he, pulled, has he kind of like faded though? Like I think he has. Yeah, he's always big, he's always come up. Yeah, like, like five up. years ago, he yeah, could have gone yeah. like anywhere. It seemed yeah. like. Yeah. How about David Shaw? Could have went anywhere like five years ago, and now he's like on the hot side. Stanford. So, he could have went. He could have had any NFL job he wanted. And yep. I like Baylor in this one, though. Yeah, I'm taking yeah Baylor. Sure, I don't know much about either one of these teams. Number five, three and zero Clemson at number twenty one, three and zero Wake Forest. Clemson's a seven point favorite. Hmm. I like the Tigers in this one. Is this game on my thing? Uh, yeah, I'm going Clemson. Yeah, I don't need to cover that. Does number one Georgia cover the 45 point spread yes. at home against Kent State? Yes, in the first in the first half. One and two Kent State. There, I'm surprised there's even a line for that. <laughs> it's gonna be ugly. I remember watching their first game. Who they play? Oregon. Yeah, just killed yeah, them. Like, I was just like, oh, so they're still really good. <laughs> they lost their whole defense. They're still really yeah. freaking good. Uh, a fun right. fun one down here in the state of Texas. Two and one, number 22, Texas travels a two and one, Texas Tech. Texas is a seven-point favorite. I'll take the Longhorns in their report of how much they spent when Archie Manning came, or not Archie, yeah, Archie Manning came to town where they spent like, Hundreds of thousands of dollars on his recruiting visit. <laughs> I'm gonna go guns up here. I'm taking the Red Raiders. <laughs> yeah, we haven't picked haven't picked a whole lot of upsets. Yeah, I'm taking one here. There you go. I'll, I'll go. I'll ride with you, Tanner. Here's one Evan's been dying to pick. 
This is college game day. Number 20, <laughs> 2 and 1, number 20, Florida at 3 and 0, number 11, Tennessee. Our favorite fan base out there in, in Boilermaker Nation, Boiler Nation. Tennessee's 10 and a half point favorites. I think Tennessee absolutely annihilates them. Annihilates them, huh? Yeah. They I are. Think th- Feeling, they are feeling themselves right now. I, I think the Vols win, but I don't. I think Florida covers. I think the Vols win by a touchdown. I don't know. I'm... Not for vengeance. <laughs> they can stop whining now about the Music City Bowl. Yeah, they won't, but I mean, they can. I had, I had my Tennessee friends say that we're now cursed um, for officials thanks to the uh, Music City Bowl, so we're going to put that curse forever. <laughs> Purdue's been cursed for. Since going long time, Minnesota, the, the whatever pass interference. Gosh, every year we play Minnesota, something fucking yeah. happens. Who are you taking, Andrew? The Gators or the Vols? I, I, I don't think I think Tennessee, but I don't think they cover. I don't think they. Mm-hmm. I think Richardson's good, and they'll keep him in that. Yep. Yep. Should be a fun one. That place number, is going to be rocking. Yeah. Yeah. Two and one. Number fifteen. Oregon travels to three and zero. Oh, Washington State. Oregon's a seven-point favorite. You know, Washington State. I like the Ducks here, though. Yeah, Ducks. Washington State. Ooh, they'll be ranked. Go Cougs. Hey, they won at Camp Randall. That's not an easy place to win at. No. A really good one here, number 10, Arkansas, 3-0 at 2-1, number 23, Texas A&M, who's coming off a big win over the U last week. Jimbo and the Aggies are two-point favorites. Hmm. Yeah, I'll take the Aggies. A&M. I'll take the Aggies. Yeah, A&M at home. Let me go Arkansas. All right. Switch it up. I like it. Two and one, Kansas State at number six, three and oh, Oklahoma, who is a 13-point favorite. I think Oklahoma covers that. Yeah, they cover that. I think they're really good. Not a lot of people are talking about them preseason either. Uh, our Kansas State QB, Adrian Martinez. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Forgot about that. He's still he, in college. He is 41 of 66 for 304 yards. And I thought you were going to say he's 41 years old. <laughs> he's still <laughs> one touchdown this season. Sounds about right. Nothing's changed in five years. Interceptions, yeah. They've rushed for more. They've, their running back has rushed for more yards than Martinez has thrown for. He's really good. They're Vaughn, their yeah. running back, he might be the yeah. best in the country. He's really good. Uh, speaking of Oklahoma, their old ball coach, Lincoln Riley's got his uh, USC Trojans ranked number seven with a 3-0 record. They travel to a very underrated Oregon State team. You said the spread surprises me. Oregon State's 3-0, so Corvallis is a tough place to play. USC's only five-and-a-half point favorites. Give me the beads. Upset. Ooh. I think USC covers that. I think USC as well. I think Lincoln Riley's got a make them a power again. Yeah. Which is good for college football. I think yeah. when USC is good, it's good for college football. It's like, it's nice to have like, not just the good teams, like focus in like one area of the country. Like had USC, I don't know if that really matters, but like nice having like, a West coast presence, like of the dominant team. And even like, I know our friend Josh is like Miami, mm-hmm. having, like not just get all the talent out of the, out of the SEC and get some other schools involved. Mm-hmm. We are just talking about Stanford earlier with, um, with David Shaw, Shaw. They're, they're one and one They travel up to Washington to face the Huskies, who are 3-0 and ranked 18th now. Give me they are they 14-point favorites. Yep, give me Washington. Give me Washington. Yep. 
And lastly, for the top 25 games, number 13th ranked 2-1 Utah Utes traveled to Tempe, faced the 1-2 Arizona State Sun Devils, who fired Herm Edwards right on the field last week, it looked like, by the Twitter video I saw. <laughs> President AD came out, and it was really uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> I didn't see that. I mean, they had talk with them. I don't know what was said, but it sure looked like. I, I did see, uh, they I did see someone referencing that like the coaches were like giving – Somebody in the MAC, I believe, teams. wasn't it? Oh, also Eastern Michigan. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we've been there. Basketball and football. <laughs> God. It was Andrew's wedding day. It was. It yeah. was. <laughs> the first thing anybody said to me was Josh saying, "Hey, Purdue lost." <laughs> <laughs> Somebody told me when we were standing up during the wedding. I would like to see my vid- my face on video. I don't know who it was. who I was standing next to me. I don't remember who it was, but. Um, I, I think Utah rules. Yep, give me yeah. Utah. They already blew my playoff prediction. I had them in the playoffs. They <laughs> blew that week one, so thanks, Utah. And lastly, the Boilermakers hosting the Florida Atlantic Owls produced 20-point favorites. Score predictions, player of the game predictions. I think Purdue wins, obviously. I'm going 45-21. So we cover the spread, um, play the game, AOC. Uh, I think he keeps it, plays a clean game, throws at least for 350, a couple touchdowns, three touch, three to four touchdowns. I think we see hopefully the running game have some sort of pulse. <laughs> and uh, I see the defense game like pick six. I'm with you. I think Purdue covers. I think that's yeah. I think it's 40, but I think Purdue's defense plays better, and it's like 40 to 10. Like I think Purdue kind of dominates. I think it's a pretty easy second half, and that. Um, let's see. I think I want TJ Sheffield to have a big game. I want somebody I like and another wide receiver to come up, uh, come up big. I, I don't. I don't know if I'll pick him the player of the game. Probably Charlie Jones or something. But I'd like to see. TJ I want Sheffield. Purdue to win. Largely enough that a lot of people leave early, so that when I leave at the end of the game, it doesn't take me four hours to get out of West Lafayette like it did for the Penn State game because that was miserable. It's homecoming; people are going to be going to Harry's, and isn't Cactus opening this weekend? Saturday, Saturday morning, seven a.m. See you there. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll leave. There you go. Purdue will be up like three touchdowns. Everybody will leave. I wouldn't make the game if I did Nine that. O'clock. No yeah. way. Can you imagine that line on Saturday morning? Like you might as well line up at midnight. You might as well line up a triple X. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce is back. There you go. Bruce is back. Bruce is back. The line's probably already starting. Yep. Camp out. Uh, I'm going to similar score to you, Andrew. I'm going 40 to 17. Boilers. Um, I'm going to go Deion Burks. Player of the game. friend, Adam Bartels, gives a prediction 42 to 10. Yeah, we're all kind of right around (laughs) there. So, nice, easy win. That's what I want to say. Kind of like Indiana State, get out healthy. And uh, get ready to row the boats up to Minnesota next week. October race. is a gauntlet. Three out of four on the road. Yeah, it's 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 the make it or break it month. Um, also, I'm going to give a shout out to Full Steam Ahead. Uh, give them a plug. He just had a, a new episode drop with uh, Jeff McKean with the Boilermaker Alliance. Uh, so, in terms of Purdue NIL, to have a chance to listen to it yet, but it's definitely worth checking out to kind of get an insight to uh, what Purdue is doing with in the NIL world because they're definitely trying to make some noise in that area. Well, speaking of NIL, you can support some Purdue athletes by getting some of their merchandise on the shop. Absolutely. Uh, we're happy to have the shop back again. 
as a as a sponsor for the Boiler Breakdown. Um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to pull up my read here, and I just completely lost it. Um, but the, yeah, the shop's been making t-shirts since 2011. Uh, started kind of you know you know kind of just in a garage making t-shirts. Now they've got you know two uh, brick and mortar stores, one in Broderpool and then one in Carmel. Uh, you can obviously go in person. They have a brand new, they have kind of a deal going on for Purdue homecoming this year. 30% off all Purdue apparel. They came up with a couple of new t-shirts, came out with a new Purdue, a couple of Purdue, new Purdue hats. Um, but if you, do, if you aren't able to make it to Indy, you can go online at the shop and make sure you use promo code breakdown for 25% off your order. So they've got a 30%, 30%, uh, discount going on right now. But if you, if you, don't if you listen to this, it's only going until Friday. So if you're listening to this, we're recording this on Thursday and you're listening to this on Friday, this is your last day to do it. But if you don't listen to it until Saturday, use our promo code breakdown and get 25% off. Have to have them on board. Uh, Purdue run it, but they've also got other stuff if you don't if you're not in for Purdue apparel. They should mark off Colts merchandise. <laughs> 24 to nothing against the Jaguars. Against a team that you talked about all offseason. Yeah, this was worse than oh, week seventeen because that, that was kind of the, they were supposed to, all they had to do was beat them and they were in the playoffs last year, wasn't mm-hmm. it? I forgot yep. about that. Yeah, week eighteen. I wouldn't yep. have a playoff star as a Bears fan. I, I forget <laughs> as a Broncos fan. It's been a while. Last time it, it ended gloriously, but it's been a while. A lot of quarterbacks since. So, uh, right, yeah, let's ride. Let's ride. Oh, I'm, I'm already. I'm <laughs> sick of it. I'm sick of it already. Maybe but. maybe Russell needs to keep practicing his high fives on the field too. Yep. Just get the plays in on time, please, for the love of God. <laughs> Make up your mind if you're going to kick a field goal or, or go for it, like, multiple times. That video of Peyton Manning was cracking. Oh, it was... He was just like, you could tell, like he, just trying, he was trying so hard not to just lose his ever and, 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 uh, he, I think they're going to kick it, Shannon. Kick what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, that was classic TV. I like the Manning cast. I, oh, yeah. I wish they would not interview so many people, even though a lot of the guests are good, but yeah, um, it is, it is nice. <laughs> it is nice. So any final thoughts? Uh, Purdue basketball schedules came out TV and, and broadcast times. Um, a couple of interesting things. Well, obviously we've got uh, January 2nd, which is a Monday. So it's a day after new year's day. So it's kind of an observed holiday. We have a noon game against Rutgers. And then uh, a couple weeks later, Martin Luther King day on Monday, we have a, 2.30 game at Michigan State, so kind of similar to our, what, noon game at Illinois last year. Maybe their students won't be back. Uh, they're probably, it's probably like the week they mm-hmm. get back, probably. Um, knowing them, they'll, they'll figure out. Because Illinois did not have their students back last year, right? Correct. Oh, uh, I don't remember, actually. Even if they did, they weren't in class. So. Right, yeah. I think they were back. Um, and a weird, uh, have, has Fox had night basketball games before like fox not fox sports one but like i don't recall but i think it's probably going to become a new part of next year's deal so they're probably doing that a year early we've got a couple of the notable one was a a home game against indiana on a saturday it's like a it's a late start for a saturday usually used to like you know 2 p.m 1 p.m tips this is like in the evening so it'll be i can be rocking for that one yep Yep, a lot of what two CBS games I see, so mm-hmm. a lot of good, a lot of good televised games. A lot to be announced too in November with the market. Market games the, at like eight o'clock. Uh, we play what uh, Milwaukee at like nine p.m. or something. New Orleans at nine. p.m. New Orleans, that's what it was. Yeah, New Orleans at nine. Random. 
Yeah. Mark said we, we couldn't get lights at Ross Lake City when people driving home at 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> Basketball. RIP. Yes, yes, that is very well said. So, Any final thoughts, Andrew? Nope. Just need a get right game and take out some frustrations, hopefully. Yep. Let's, uh, I'd like to see over, nope. under, or I guess what's your what number of penalties would you be happy with? Because we'll get some, but like, what are you looking for? To be like, okay, I think we've under, under five. I don't That's know. That's what yeah, I was going to say. Five or six. I'll say over under four and a half. I take the under. I'm really don't happy. get a single unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Mm-hmm. You just can't have it. Can't do it. Can't I do agree. it. So, well, let's boil it up, hammer down, and prove that these owls are not nocturnal. <laughs> 